0: Our team at Rolling Bones Outdoors is here to help you create memories that will last a lifetime. Are you ready? Let's hunt the world. Thank you for joining us today for this episode of Hunt the World with Rolling Bones Outdoors. I've had COVID and you can be safe to know that it didn't kill me, okay? And I don't know if safe to know, but you'll be happy to know it didn't kill me. But I can't smell, and I did have a super sensitive nose before COVID. But anyway, that's just my intro today because we are—it's um, six days into the COVID being over, and I am super happy about it. Welcome to the Bone Cave. We're going to talk about hunting and traveling internationally. That's what I had me thinking about COVID. I'm Brian Mayman, co-founder of Rolling Bones Outdoors, and to my right is Mountain Man, modern Mountain Man. I wouldn't say too modern. Brian Martin the mountain man. Middle-aged man. Middle a- Brian, middle-aged mountain man Martin. How does that sound? <laughs> yeah. And uh, Brad needs a haircut, Dana? Holy cow, right? Um you uh we used to have a we used to have a barber a part of this party, but uh there's,
1: a, there's one right across the street.
0: Took me 10 minutes to get it. Really? Brad should go there soon. I should. So and then we got bleep to my left. He stops uh, Brad's comments and Brian's uh, – uh, Yeah,
2: what was up with that? That last did one wasn't bad Did you hear what she said?
0: At- yes, you did. You said that. You no, know, it did. It just rolled right out of your mouth. No,
2: no, 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 no. You
0: you. Did missed. he say it? Bleep. Did he say it? Yes. He is writing it down. He, he doesn't pick Pucker. his pen. Tucker. No. Yes. No, he doesn't pick his pen up and look at the time because go, he's got it because he wants to spend six hours listening to this crap.
2: No, you, you, you guys just miss. Oh, my God, Brad. misheard it.
0: No, missed. Oh, my <laughs> God. That's not possible. So, anyway, today- oh. Hey, today we're going to talk about um, the great Brian Martin, how how we go- how, how do you even get involved in traveling international? You're leaving for a month Saturday. Saturday is that right
1: oh for sure for three weeks
0: so have you started packing
1: it's a it's, <laughs> yes actually I was over at the the old the old cave today
2: so I, you're I'm, getting kind of an early jump on it usually you do it the night before kind of gets your stuff
1: uh, yeah but that's not always the best
0: game plan. <laughs> I've had, I've actually missed a flight once before <laughs> <laughs> but, but, we have, I, but we have, we have noticed it's a pretty solid game plan for you. But, but you know, I, uh,
2: remember when he left to uh, Russia? The Russia,
0: the Russia one. The last Russia trip was pretty, pretty crazy. Especially when a day, two days before, he hadn't even had his visa. He, he
2: didn't yet. have his visa. He, he, you know what? You could sense a little stress in his voice on that deal.
0: That was a
1: little bit of procrastination and thinking <laughs> we would go faster than it did.
2: Yeah. Because you had to do a, like an emergency. You, not only did you have a rush fee, but you had like an emergency rush fee on the visa thing, didn't you?
1: Yeah, I think that visa was $700 instead of the 250 or 300 But you got your visa. <laughs> oh, yeah. Visa. A day or two before I left. I've had times arriving in Tajikistan. I'm getting the visa coming to my phone as I'm getting on the plane in Istanbul to go to
0: Tajikistan. What, aren't you worried when you land see see, nope. i'm a nope. I'll,
1: I'll get it figured <laughs> out there's nothing that a hundred bucks won't fix in those countries <laughs> <laughs> uh, that reminds me of <laughs> noel, that
0: reminds me of noel erickson decided to pee in the bushes one time in mexico, <laughs> mexico. <laughs> and uh, they were gonna take him and throw him in and he was gonna have to see the magistrate on monday and lindley goes you can talk your way out of anything so i went over there and i told the guys i said hey listen let's get this taken care of. And the guy's like, no, he goes to jail. And I'm like, no, we got to figure this out. No, it's broken English. And so Noel's like, okay. So I I bring out a little cash and they're like, they look left, they look right. They're like, okay, let's do this. So I throw a C note down and he gets his clipboard out. And the guy says, okay, you put uh, your name right here. And I go, Bob Hope. And Noel looks at me and I go, Bob Hope. Noel's like, My name's not Bob Hope. He puts down Noel Erickson. I'm like, how dumb? I mean, how damn dumb are you, Noel? And this guy's an engineer from ISU. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, give me a break. It's got no street smarts. And then they go, put your hotel room name and room number. And I'm like, Marriott 702. And he looks at me and is like, what? I'm not staying at the Marriott 702. Omni 404. I'm like, oh, my God, you're an idiot. So they take the $100 bribe. They walk off. They, they let us go because he's peeing in the bushes. They were extorting him anyway. And so he walks off, and I'm like, you, I'm, just, I'm just chewing his hind parts. I'm like, you are the dumbest. You, you, why? He's like, I never even thought of that. And then I get back over there. I says, Lindley, this guy's an idiot. And Lindley's like, well, at least you were a good friend. You bailed him out. You should go do it. And so we get back to the hotel room that night. And I'm laying in bed and I go, Noel, or I go, Lindley, let's go to his room. And she's policia, like, What are we going to do? Policia. And I said, I'm going to knock on the door and go, Policio, Policio. And, and I go up there, I just start pounding on the door, and you can hear Pat Erickson go, Ah! She's screaming in there. <laughs> Noel comes over the door, opens it up, not humored at all. At 3:30. <laughs> uh, he didn't that think was that was funny. He didn't think it was funny. But anyway, so, so 100 bucks can get you bribed into the country?
1: Uh, not necessarily, but it can make things go faster. <laughs> you know, we don't really have to do that anymore, but you can get a visa when you get there. But it's much easier to do the electronic online visa for $50. And it takes a couple of days to get the visa. The yeah. Turkish one is instant. I forgot the uh, the Tajikistan one is not instant. Yeah, you might want to So think it took about two, three days. <laughs> <laughs> I've already applied it? for it. No, I should get it tomorrow. Nice. Well, you're way ahead That's of the game. That's a few days early.
0: Okay, so, so, so tell our audience... Tell me, tell us. Well, technically the country
1: is not open for traveling to for um, this kind of purpose, but they basically...
2: What are you going to be on a humanitarian mission there?
1: Just just common sense mission, right? Basically, you say, we give the passport to our partners. They give our passport and our application number on the, the website to the consulate. And the guy says, yeah, you need to make sure this guy gets a visa. Even though it says in the travel regulations right now, Americans aren't allowed to go to Tajikistan unless it's a humanitarian emergency. Well, this is an emergency, and it's humanitarian. Because if you don't go hunting, it's kind of like having MSB, right? You know what an MSB is, don't you? I don't know if I want to know. Massive (laughs) buildup. When you don't go hunting for a year, you get massive trigger (laughs) finger buildup, right?
0: (laughs) M T F B massive yeah. trigger finger buildup. Uh, <laughs> okay. So so you're heading over there. So no seriously, Brian, you gotta help me. Okay. Maybe maybe the audience doesn't care and Brad's falling on the floor laughing <laughs> at your dumb ass. <laughs> so, I'll so, tell you later. <laughs> Brad <laughs> you are a juvenile too. You two are ridiculous. How can uh, the butcher be but, the grown-up here? But, And the engineer and the Dr. Dentard is, you know, you guys, come on. I think that's that's ridiculous, Brian. Let's quit that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so how how do you get – so two things. How are you preparing, and what do you tell your clients? Have they called as your clients called going, okay, I'm going to go over there. One
1: of the guys that you heard me talking to today on the phone when uh, I, I was in here, that was Gary. Okay. We are just reviewing the final checklist. Make, he, he's travel, though. He's a seasoned traveler. Yep. All he really needs to know, what elevation, what temperature, and what kind of snacks should I bring? And,
0: you know. So, yeah.
1: We don't know what you're doing. Yeah. Oh, wait,
0: wait, So what Tell, we're doing. I, I'm trying to get it out of him. But but it, all we're talking okay, about is wh- trigger buildup, and Brad's uh, rolling around on the floor laughing at him. I think so that's where really are going? horrible, So we're going to Tajikistan. Okay. So how did this come up? What are you so doing, and how did it come up?
1: Um, he wanted to spend some money and I helped him. I have a um, question. He, uh, why, he why are you go going international? Why Is are you n-
2: normally, would you not, would you have gone in October, November, but COVID no, screwed it up? We why we're are you going to go in
1: October, uh, or early November to Kyrgyzstan and Kyrgyzstan was closed because of COVID. Right. A lot of the other countries you go to Russia, Kazakhstan, Mongolia, they were all closed. And so we were going to do a trip where he went to Kyrgyzstan. And Kyrgyzstan, normally, I know, non-COVID years, has several flights a week that go from Bishkek, Kyrgyzstan, to Dushanbe, Tajikistan. And we can go hunt, like, the Humi-Argali and the Ibex there and then fly right over to Tajikistan. And then do, like, uh, the boar hunting with the Uriel hunting, which is very close to Dushanbe. And that's what we're going to do. And then we're going to do the Marco Polo. And Tajikistan the next year with another uh, another Ibex. And he was actually gonna look at doing a marker, but we decided, he said, you know what? I can do a lot of hunts for the cost of a Markor. He said, let's just do more normal hunts, not spend 150,000. You know, 50,000 is enough for an animal. <laughs> so we decided, okay, the hunt schedule's all screwed up. He can't go again. Um, he could have gone in October, early November, but then he can't go again until after, towards the, after the 25th of January. He's selling part of his business, and he was really busy in December and January, so it works for us to to arrive next week. We'll arrive on Monday. Um, uh, Tajikistan is one of our two destinations that we do the Marco Polo in.
0: Will you go to Kyrgyzstan too? Then
1: I will go to Kyrgyzstan and meet with our partners and drop some supplies off with them
0: but after. Sure. So you'll go to you'll go to Kyrgyzstan, but you won't go to Kyrgyzstan hunting. So you're gonna you're you and Gary are going right now in the middle of January, or the end of January, beginning of February. And you're heading to Tajikistan. Yeah, Tajikistan via Istanbul. Tajikistan. And you're going to hunt four species. What are they?
1: Uh, Well, mainly going to hunt three. Um, We might shoot a wild boar, but Marco Polo, uh, Mid-Asian Ibex. That'll be by the Afghani border, south-central Tajikistan. And then we'll drive back north towards Dushan Bay. And then we'll drive out a three- to four-hour drive from town, and we'll hunt the Afghan Uriel. Some people call it the Bukharan Uriel. And the Bukharan Uriel is a very – it's kind of an orange black, a little bit of white on the mane, uh, between 27 and 31 inches on the horn, small, flighty little nervous sheep. Um, you can hunt in, – in What's it called? It's called the Bukharan or an Afghan – it's a common name is the Afghan Uriel. They renamed it the Bukharan Uriel. So that the safari club guys can get another species. And um, it's good for business. But, but basically, it's like a version of the Afghan URL And so they're, they're, you can also find them in Afghanistan, which is the bordering country. Again, we're How do you near spell that? Afghan?
2: No. U-R-I-A-L.
0: <laughs> U-R-I-A-L? Yeah. Just...
1: Oh, Uriel is U R I A L. Yep,
0: Yep. U R I A L. I got that. But but what's it called? Afghan.
1: It's called the Afghan Uriel, or the probably the most common photos are going to be Afghan, which is
0: A F G H A N. You know what? Kind of it's a buckskin. Oh, it's cool, sheep man. It's like a buckskin. This is awesome. Yeah. Are you kidding me?
1: Yeah, that's a big one though. That's slightly bigger than average. That's probably a true Iran. That's probably came from Iran. Yeah, that's it right there.
0: Is that about average that size? That's big. That's big. Wow. That's
1: thirty two inches probably. Thirty one wow. inches. Wow.
0: So so I you know, if you're listening to this, you gotta go see this. Afghan, Uriel, A-F-G-H-A-N Uriel, Urial. A F G H A N Uriel U R I A L. So so you're gonna go so this is is this the third one you'll go get or will you get this one first?
1: No, we'll go after the polo on the Ibex first, because it's more likely to have weather problems and issues. So the later you get into February and March, the more likely you are to have weather. I mean, it's road cold. Crops.
0: What what's it going to be over there? Mm,
1: a warm night will be zero to minus ten. It'll be a Warm night, but we'll be staying in a place that has heated heated bunks and everything, so it's not that big a deal.
2: You take your uh, green sleeping bag. The twenty five below.
1: Mm, you know, if I was really being cautious and wise. Probably, but I might do something to just take my zero degrees, assuming we won't spike out. But I, I mean, generally, I always take a sleep bag that is warmer, warmer than, um, than what I think it could be. So if I think it might be minus 20, I'll take my minus 25. If we were spiking out now, which I have, I've spiked out in January and February, I take my minus 35 because when you're a minus 35 and it's minus 30, it's, it's just enough you know, a minus thirty-five is not very nice. A minus thirty-five or minus forty, unless you got clothes on. Yeah, that's just. So I mean, like a lot of clothes on, like a puffy jacket or something.
0: So you'll go over there, and uh, um, and you'll so it's a day flight in. It's a
1: it's a well, it's a long flight. Um, we have a flight from here in Spearfish or wherever you come in the U.S. Typically, you got a puddle jumper to Chicago or JFK or the West Coast, and then from there it's a between a ten and twelve hour flight to Istanbul on a nice uh, Turkish Airlines. And then from there, we'd have another four, four and a half hour flight to Dushanbe Bay on Turkish Air. And so we'll fly through Istanbul, which is a big, uh, one of the biggest airports in the world now. It's giant. Um, we'll have to get the COVID test on Thursday or Friday. Did you get that ordered? No, not yet. I need to probably order that. Nothing like last minute Larry here.
2: When you leave on Saturday? Yeah. Do you Do you need one to get in? I uh, suppose to.
1: I mean, unless you want to forge one for me, I'll just go on that. But so
2: I, are you going to, uh, what's what's the, what the so when you're over there, you're going to need one to get back into the U.S.?
1: Yeah, that's easy, for a hundred bucks, you can get any test you want done. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, get, I can hey, get a COVID you, test with uh, a guaranteed honestly, happy the ending. The
0: compliance of this COVID is not like super, I mean, you know what I'm no, saying? No, if
1: I'm really sick, I would cancel or we would, you know, I'm right. not going to go. right.
0: No, but, I, but, um, I mean because I know guys
1: that have. I, I recommend my clients get two COVID tests because sometimes if guys have got a false positive, and then they don't have time to get a re- rematch. Right, like on my. Deal. So one of my friends that went on one of the first trips of anybody going this year, he went to um, Alaska, I think, uh, early August, and he he lined up three different COVID tests. That way, he made sure he got one that was negative. They're all positive. Obviously, he can't go. Right. But what I've been hearing is sometimes the guys are getting
0: false positives.
2: Well, we thought about getting a double, doing two before we left. In, in hindsight, I wish I would have. Cause
0: yeah, mine was fine. I was good. Yeah.
1: I'll probably get two because that's what I need. Actually, tonight I need that information where you think. I,
2: I, I emailed made... it to you last
1: night. Oh, you did? Okay. I didn't check my emails yeah. this morning.
2: I texted you. I emailed it to you.
1: Okay. I'll, che- I'll check my email. Then it's probably a good idea to get that lined up tomorrow. Mm-hmm. One yeah. of the many things I need to do. Might have to do some laundry before I leave too. Might need to sleep alone, but I can sleep on the plane. Um, so basically, we're going to be flying over. What um, the hunter's coming out of Texas. I'm coming out of Spearfish.
2: Is he bringing his own gun, or you to his he's, own gun? Okay.
1: Yep. He's bringing his own gun. Are the
0: gun permits hard to get? In, are Are they hard to get?
1: No, the visa is harder to get than the gun permit.
0: Really.
2: You
1: just send him a photo of your 44, or 57. How much ammo you going to bring, and you get the gun permit in a day. Perfect. Yeah. Not difficult.
2: So how? how so this is going to be a. Re- this could be a really cold hunt.
1: Oh yeah, but I've I've done horseback spike out hunts in January with no heat, for eight nine nights. So this is going to be a dream. We got to v- drive around in a truck and then hike. You know, anywhere from two hours to ten hours a day. But once you're hiking, you know, you can get by with it's so what what kills you is riding in a horse, right. Or sitting outside in, in in a tent and getting up in the morning and putting in super fra- frozen boots. Right. Then it's hard to get your feet warm throughout the day. Right. There's some electric socks I'm going to try. I got from company called All Things Heated in uh, Canada. Um, and I think of the, the, I got a Volt sock, Volt or Jolt sock, something like that. And then they have a heated vest. And you plug that into a USB battery pack.
2: I wonder, how, which, uh, how are you going to bring like a 20,000 uh, battery pack? You don't need it that way because we have a generator at the Oh, house. you have a generator. Yep. Okay.
1: Yeah. That w- so I, I always bring, everywhere I go in the world, I always bring two 10,000s. Two 10s. Uh, yeah, that way I can always charge all my phones and all my hearing stuff, and hmm. you know uh, Bluetooth for at least three, four days. Yeah. So that way, if you're out of power, you're always good to go. And I always I, t- I take I'll take two satellite phones probably, and my InReach. Mm-hmm. I got Iridium and Marsat and an reach. Mm-hmm. So I'm good to go. Pretty much, you uh, if if all three of them broke, you probably went over a cliff and probably in the river in Afghanistan. So
2: the marsat would it work in f Af- uh in tajikistan no problem
1: uh the Inmarsat? Mm-hmm. yeah i love the Inmarsat. if you want to do like professional calls like do a conference call or do a bank wire or something like that the Inmarsat's the way to go
2: but it doesn't work in alaska
1: no it still works in alaska just not if you're in a hole they're more sensitive it'll work in alaska not perfect uh-huh. if you're too far north at may but they work. They really. It's a phone of choice in Africa.
0: It is, huh? So, so when I, I'm, I'm, I want to go back to the hunt. Um, so when you land, you, you're gonna drive how, how, how far before you get to where you're hunting?
1: Uh, another 12 13, 12, 13 hours. We'll go to the town that Brian was talking about, the Botanical gar- Garden that Tracy went to. Yep. Mm-hmm. And in that town, there's several hotels. Most of them have had almost no people uh, this summer. They're gonna be fall. happy to see you. Yeah, some of the, the one of our first client there that went over in oct- late October, early November, they said they was the first or second cl- foreign client they'd had all year.
0: Hmm. Really? So, so this economically helps to have a guy like this come over. Yeah,
1: shutting down a country like that. I mean, it's not like the United States. The United States. In some ways, for tourism, doesn't really get hurt that much compared to these countries because there's a lot of American tourists that stay within the U.S. instead of traveling abroad to Thailand and, you know, Argentina and the Caribbean. There was Caribbean. a whole bunch
2: in South Dakota this year, let me tell you. Yeah,
1: no, so the tourism business has been good for certain places that allowed business, right? I mean, if you're one of the states got shut down or one of these countries got shut down, I mean, they better had some savings or go live with grandma, you know, and eat right. borscht every day. Right. Um <laughs> What? You know, what borscht is don't Yeah, you? I do.
0: I don't like it. I, I when we were in Russia hunting snow sheep, uh, Noah tried it, and everybody's like borsh. I'm like, no, I'm not eating borsh, I'm okay. So, so well,
2: you're borscht gonna, is better than something. You'll so. see a ton of sheep, probably.
1: Yeah, I mean, if each sheep weighed 300 pounds, we saw 200 sheep. That's a lot of tons.
2: Um, so what's what's his goal <laughs> for shooting a sheep?
1: Uh, his goal is a. I mean, generally we don't. We, this year we haven't shot anything less than 57. Mm-hmm. Um, so Tajikistan was one of the only two countries we actually sent hunters to this year. So we sent them to Turkey for Bajor Ibex and um, and some wild boar and then basically Tajikistan. So the, others, the other stands were not open. It's crazy. Yeah. So Az- Azerbaijan, which is where we do our um, tour, Russia, which is where we do the snow sheep and tour and moose and that stuff and bear. Uh, they weren't open. Uh, Kazakhstan, which is where we do our ibex and big stags. They're not open. Mongolia, where we do our Argolis and ibex and stags. you know, th- they weren't open. <coughs> Romania, where we do some chamois and stags, they weren't open. So I had a couple friends that went to Ukraine and help with my buddy over there and they shot some um, Sika deer. But basically, um, yeah, Nepal is open. But it opened too late to really accept hunters. And Pakistan is open. I have a friend right now hunting two marker in Pakistan. He texted me. He's not hunting with me, but we're friends. And he, he he shot his first marker with us in Tajikistan. Wow. And so he's hunting over there. So anyway, we'll go. Well, when we get over here, we'll go to camp um, probably midday on the second day of driving. So it's a six-hour day. So you have about, let's call it 20 hours of driving. Mm-hmm. And if you got sure. bad roads, that's going to increase. Right. And if you get stiff back from driving, which every, I, I recommend stopping every two or three hours, we drive in a Toyota Land Cruiser. Um, so we'll um, stretch, eat a lunch on the way, get to camp, and um, usually get something to eat. That we'll usually get there. It depends on when we leave in the early afternoon, early evening, late afternoon, early evening. It's usually not a good idea to shoot your gun that day. I've seen guys try and do it, and they're pretty jittery. You know, from like the drive, yeah, and then twelve thousand feet was sleep deprivation. Yeah. yeah, it's not very good. It's like trying to get your wife pregnant after you know skydiving nude and you know forty below for an hour, right? <laughs> what? I
0: mean, that <laughs> I'm 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 perplexed right now. <laughs> but you don't
1: shoot well, in other words,
0: right? You're right
1: the trigger finger doesn't work very well just like the other unit doesn't work very well in 40 below and so yeah I've seen guys try and shoot and they don't do well so we'll shoot mm-hmm. the next day we'll get the gun zeroed we have a backup camp gun in case something happens and, and then we'll, we'll we basically drive in glass and the guides kind of know where the sheep are and there'll be certain areas where the rams will group up because it's post rut it's a bachelor group in the winter um, and you know usually we're gonna we should see shooters every day or
0: two really.
1: Yeah, oh yeah. I mean, you might not see a 60 every day, but you'll see 56 to 58s every day usually.
0: So what's he holding out for, do you think?
1: He he likes a good experience with a good animal. I don't like the word rep. You know, a lot of people say, well, that's a good representative animal. That's not really a very good term, but it's, I mean, much bigger than average. Something that's, you know, 8, 9, 10 years old. Um, something that scores over 210, um, you know, I would say is good. And have a nice look, I prefer to shoot like 9-year-old sheep and older, more than a 7 or 8 that scores the same. Um, but, yeah, he's a seasoned hunter. Hasn't done a lot of these kind of big mountain hunts, but has done a lot of hunting in the world and is a seasoned traveler, so he's very easy easy guy to go with. He's he's done a, shoot, a couple shooting schools at uh, the Brandon Rock Canyon Ranch here in Colorado. Um, I was, Yeah, he was supposed to do one this year, but COVID canceled everything. So, what, what... so he did a private course. Okay, so he's taking you over there. You're going to guide him. What will what will well, be? I'll guide him with a local guide. So we have a great guide team, right? But he's never been to this some of these countries, and he likes it if I go. Uh, usually once or twice a year, I go. You know, on Marco Polo hunts. I try and go to new camps and stuff every year. So I've already been to this Marco Polo camp many times. Same camp I shot my ram in. So there's but, big
0: ones there. Oh yeah, we what shot we shot his, a sixty. What this will year. be your biggest challenge?
1: Uh, just making sure the logistics um, come together if we have any bad snow. always shooting is a challenge, I mean, but he should be a good shot. He's done a lot of practice, got a 300 mag. Um, He's got a good attitude. So just a challenge is just making sure, you know, the stuff that can happen this time of year.
2: Well, I would think travel would be a – travel and cold, no. Yeah,
1: you could always have some crazy regulations that comes up with COVID. You know, I don't know. But it's like I think people are tired of it, and most people just figure out a way around it. You know, so, I mean, I've already traveled back and forth to Canada. You know, several times this, this last year, and then just after the first of the year, and it wasn't very convenient. But, you know, I mean, I can be a good boy for a few minutes, a few hours. You know, wearing a mask, I still had the same. I still had the same with the first mask you gave me
0: hmm.
1: when it started.
0: You're doing good then. <laughs> so, so you'll be it smells over there bad. <laughs> so, approximately, how long will you be hunting the Marco Polo a week?
1: Marco Polo and Ibex should be less than a week. I'm guessing we should do it in four to six days. And then probably four to five days of the Uriel hunt.
0: And the average altitude you'll be hunting at? Mm, we sleep at 12
1: and hunt between about 14 and 16.
0: Okay. And then, so Ibex, are they pretty abundant there with the Marco Polo? Uh, they're pollen?
1: different than the Marco Polo. Marco Polo are actually easier to get than an Ibex. It's easier to get a. It's easier to shoot a 57-inch Marco Polo than a 43-inch Ibex. Really? There, huh? And why? Because they just don't have the Ibex game Ibex are density? more cagey. Uh, they go around the hills and hide in the cliffs, and you might miss them. Uh, they they seem to move a lot also, and so you'll see some here. Then they have a kind of a home they're range. They're so but, cool looking. And yeah, they're cagey. They're 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 also cagey compared to Marco Polo. They're in the rocks more, a little harder to see. If you got a lot of snow, they're easy to see.
0: Will there be a lot of snow there?
1: Who knows? Generally, generally, it's like like right now, right? Spearfish, Bozeman. These places should have snow, and there's hardly anything on the ground. I drove through Bozeman; it was pretty dry until I got the snow. Uh, spearfish basically has almost no snow, what a half an inch. Right. At the most, in the you know, it can it, tomorrow might not be any. And
0: what's the language there? Uh, language is gibberish. Gibberish. For me,
1: yeah. No, <laughs> I mean it's Russian <laughs> and Tajiki and, and Pamirian. So, so when yeah, you're when you how do you
0: communicate? How do you even talk to them?
1: Oh, sign language, you, middle fingers, and uh, and um, you know things like that. No, I, I mean I know enough Russian words, I can get by with the locals, but the owner. And you know the guys that we meet at the airport—they speak enough English. It's not a problem. So
0: you have an I- interpreter?
1: Yeah, but I know—even I, if I don't have an interpreter—I know enough Russian languages. And you got like uh, Google Translate on your phone. You just download the Russian dictionary. So if you go offline, you got the Russian words.
2: Brian thinks he knows Spanish. He always
0: tries it at the Spanish so restaurant. Maybe he I know. Could help. I, I know uh, a, a little Spanish.
1: I've done entire Hans for nine days solo with Kyrgyzstan guys that didn't speak any English, and you get by fine. It's not like you're having a talk with these guys on E equals MC squared and how to break down a Mercedes transmission. You know. What,
2: how many bags will you pack to go over there?
1: I'll go light this time. I'll, I think I can get by with two. I'd like to get by with two. Mm-hmm. I'm only. I'm probably only going to take these boots and then a pair of boots to wear around town.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, you know, that's what I usually do. Anyway. I'm only going to take two. I'm only. Gonna,
1: I'm going to take two hunting pants. You know, I'm going to take probably four. You know, three, four changes of socks. You know, one change of underwear for ten days. Now I'll take couple so of those. So what?
0: So so okay. So so let's go down the list because I really want to know because this 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 is an adventure. It's like I was going to tell you this morning. I kept thinking about us going to Central Russia because the one with the white strap on it, the snow sheep with the white strap on the, uh, it, yeah. the Yakutia, Yakutia, the Yakutia, Yakutia. Yeah. Yakutia. Um, I really want to go shoot. That's that at northern one. Siberia. Yeah, North Central. Side but I, I honestly, I'm just like enamored with that sheep right now. I can't stop thinking about it. But this, this, yeah. what you're going on? I thought when you said with a white strap, I was starting to worry. No, no, no. What's so? What's his? What is his shot opportunity going to be on for a Marco for all three species?
1: Hundred percent.
0: Hundred percent. We don't and, do these hunts. And how long? Thinking. How long will he be? What's his range? of shot? Average range? of shot? Four to
1: five hundred. Excuse me.
0: Four to five. Four hundred is a chip shot. Even for the uh, um, even for the ibex,
1: yeah. Sometimes further, we've shot some ibex seven hundred yards there.
0: Now, what about the urial?
1: Uh, three to four hundred. They're spooky little buggers. So they're smaller, but hitting a or urial at four hundred is harder than hitting a Marco Polo at five fifty. Really small, but they don't have the wind typically. But they're nervous.
0: Are they really? Uh huh. And they're they're a high mountain they're a high mountain sheep. Yeah, they're pretty gorgeous. Yeah, they got that. I'm telling you, I want to I want to shoot one of them. So, and, yeah. and then what would you say, where the Uriel at, is there, is there wolves in that area?
1: Um, that's a good question. There's going to be some, but more wolves. Than the, so here's what a Uriel sheep is like. It's like a high school kid catching a kickoff return with a bunch of NFL players coming down on his ass. And he's going like this. And, like, one little fart, Scattering. he just goes, he just runs to mama <laughs> through the locker room. That's what a Uriel's like.
0: <laughs> they're that Ugh. skittish. Uh, they can be. Huh. Why? Because they get hunted a lot?
1: They're just nervous. The Uriel, by nature, is a nervous animal.
0: Hmm. Really? Right? And so you got to be really careful when you, they're cagey like a white tail. then.
1: Mm, yeah, but even more so in some ways. Really? But tails are close range and hunting, animal. and what what elevation? If you were hunting are whitetails at, at far or five hundred so yards, so
0: he'll get a Uriel.
1: Yeah, he'll get a Uriel. And you know, Gary is not fussy about giant animals, so it's not like you got a guy who wants a world record and can't hit anything. So you got a guy who can hike decent, um, has a good well. attitude, should be able to shoot much better than average, and is not looking for animals that are much much bigger than average. He wants. So you're gonna go have more. a blast. Yeah, it's pretty low stress. I like to shoot big ones, but. When we see a good, a big animal, um, you know, I say, "What do you think, Gary? I like this one. Um, I think we can do better." But if you like him, we can make a decision. I don't. I just don't like shooting young animals. Yeah, and then so, he
2: and then he makes the decision, and
1: yeah, you don't want to hold out until the very end because there's always a chance hunters miss. Mm-hmm. And so, you, you know, for a guy who's never shot any of these animals before, you don't want to get too arrogant and say, "Well, I'm not going to miss," and we'll hold out until the very end. Then you end up missing a big one and. And you turn and down get another one. big one, and then we'll oh, end up getting a small one. We'll oh, get one, and if we have to extend the hunt for a few days, we can.
0: Mm-hmm. But in general, I mean, is that usually good practice to give yourself two extra days, like to give yourself? It's always offer? good. It's
1: better to sit in the, in, in, the um, in your hotel room with a roll of paper towels and your cell phone than it is uh, to be rushing, and you know, basically have your hunting clothes on the airplane when you hit the airport because you drove all night. I've done that before too. <laughs> I've done about everything you can imagine. <laughs> and I've seen about everything. Well, I haven't seen everything, but let's put it this way, I've seen enough stuff to know that you just don't sweat the petty things, just pet the sweaty things. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well this has been interesting. Um oh my gosh, Brian. since we don't have a horse, I don't know what I'm gonna pet. Because usually I pet the horses.
0: So you you're this well, it sounds all, like a cool adventure. This though. is all yeah and you know what here's here 's the reality we we miss you when you 're not here um because uh some of this uh this joy of your banter is not uh filling our offices so um it'll be'll it'll, you'll be missed we 'll do a couple podcasts without you and then you'll be right back in the well, I could always place. do a call in zoom podcast yeah, we should well, do that we I should definitely do one we should do one from the botanical garden that you 're talking about. And we should find out if it, if it still works there. I'll say, hey, wait. not that we want to know, but you could let us know what you're thinking. We can say, well, Brad, uh, we, uh, we, can we
1: hurry this podcast up? We got to finish the happy ending over here. <laughs> no, honestly, they you do know, That really doesn't happen in Tajikistan. You know, it's a happy. <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> a happy ending is eating without throwing up.
2: <laughs> How's the food over
0: there? Yeah, that's it's a actually great pretty question. good. It's is actually it, pretty good. I it, don't what's like, it like? Don't like recomp- is it like Thai food or what? Is it, what? it like Russian cucumbers no, and it's,
1: it's Tajiki food, which is like a high a combination of
0: boiled meats goat and, and rice eh,
1: You know, I don't really eat much goat, but that might be the mystery meat we don't know what we're eating. <laughs> but more sheep. More sheep. I'm not beef, big into goat either. I always like chicken anywhere you go in the world. Even chick- the You know how you like a grass-fed beef, you know how we were talking about they're pretty rank? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's why everything over here is grass-fed. And so their beef is pretty rank. The, the lamb is better than the beef, and the chicken is better than the lamb. If you're a
0: fussy eater, and the fish is fish, but it, I mean it's not like. So I'm a fussy eater. Um, uh, what do I do? What so so I'm a fussy eater. Do I just bring my own? Oh, like plof. For, plof plof for is for what they weeks. call. Osh, is great. I love. Everybody likes ploff
1: It's like fried meat and rice and carrots and and garlic and that's always good it's always it's a, it's a belly filler right you want to get your belly filled to go hunting for the day eat some plof or some osh just what they call it and you always got boiled soup and what you know.
0: about plof and osh this sounds like shush
1: no it's not bad everybody likes it I'd unless you're a vegan it. who doesn't like stuff cooked in animal fat
2: i didn't try the ice cream from the eskimos or the whale blubber but i'd try plof
0: I did not try the ice cream eater, which is the lining of the rumina. And, uh, greater um, momentum. Yep. Yeah, that's be- that's because the milk cow in town. They said it tastes like bacon. I'm like, congratulations, glad to hear it. You just keep that. Well, I'll you keep, know where the milk I'll came. Keep from. My idea bacon, where my idea bacon's at, and you keep yours where yours is at. Well, that, you
1: know where that milk comes from in an Eskimo village is from the elephant yeah, seal, and it's not a female.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, here's what I do know: the, the, the I did try the blubber because. Somebody had to or they would have been offended. And Brad immediately was, no, no, just ate. I'm like, oh, boy, <laughs> here I go. So I tried the blubber. And it was pretty, it? Oh, pretty gross, huh? Oh, it was the worst. I'm willing to, I like
2: trying stuff, but just whale fat? There was something about it that just didn't sound appealing. There wasn't.
0: It was awful. Huh. But you know what it tastes like? Nothing. Really bitter liver, cold, and chewy like blubber. Gross. Cold, Um, cold, blubbery. Kelly, Uh,
2: did Kelly ever guide in Tajik in February? Kelly's been in Tajikistan. January.
1: It's cold. Wow. So I don't think she went to the premieres in January. Negative
2: what? Negative ten was the high. What was the low?
1: And she went to a cold area, but not the premieres. The premieres is even worse. Yeah.
2: So you'll
0: kill. You'll kill. You'll kill a. So here's my question: You'll kill a Marco Polo and Ibex and a Uriel, and then how long before he gets that home? Uh, and, and what's the process? In, in,
1: in a perfect year, you know, six months to a year. Six months to a year, because and then, we got to get the CITES permit from the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service. And you know,
0: you know the partners that kid. You're a master at connecting that. Is that right?
1: Yeah, I, I know a lot of brokers, and I a lot of times I help them with stuff because I have you know try and keep up with what's going on, and that the break of the broker will make sure that the permit matches the the export permit matches the import permit. And so a lot of times we're having the brokers actually do the, the CITES import permit application because they're not issuing them in typically anymore before we leave. So the rush of trying to get them done and bringing the animal back with the hunters is hard. So typically what we've been doing now, some of the guys applied for the CITES permits, but we're just having guys sometimes apply with a broker after they get back. And, and then the broker will, because then, then we have the permit. So what happens sometimes is the permit that we applied for, for some reason, the permit that we when we kill the ram, something wasn't matching, then we had to file for an amendment for the permit, which takes time and money. Um, and so, right now, we're just you know, if guys want to apply before they go, we have a good idea what was going to say in the permit, and we, we try and get exactly from the year before. But let's say they change something and it happens, um, then the permits don't match. And so, if it comes from a different zone, like one says Mergab, and the, one guy, the other one says you know, Akshireem, or whatever, uh, that doesn't work. So, so, then what, they got to turn the mergab
0: permit in and get one that says where do the shame. horns sit? Because you got this fifty thousand dollar trophy. And they said our
1: our outfitter has a nice house in town, and him and one of the guides they look after the horns and keep them dry,
0: and make sure. So, so you're you're a hundred percent there secure.
1: Well, yeah, I'm, my my ram from my from 2017 is there. It, it will ship it this uh, February or March.
0: So in the next week or two. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, I just got my permit last week. No way. Have you talked to him? Does he have it?
1: Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah. Is it
0: coming here or is it going right to Paul?
1: Uh, It's going to come to the broker first, and then it will go to the, uh, you know. Minnesota pa- or Paul Utah? Paul will be one of the two candidates. It, 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 it'll be, yeah. Oh. Uh, so, but at first I got to Paul, get it. To-
0: Paul will salivate and knock himself out to do it.
1: So, yeah, so I want to have it replicated, make a couple replicas for it. Because I left the whole school, I didn't cut off the uh, yeah, the eye socket.
2: Oh, nice.
0: Wow.
1: So I was thinking about just mounting the replica and then having the horns to show people. Is that 64? Six, and then, 63 and then can, or 64? Uh, 64. It'll probably be shrunk to 63 and a quarter, I would guess. We might guess on the, on the length. <laughs> cool. So, yeah, so that should come because I originally had it as a Canadian, um, and, the, and the permits were Canadian, but shipping it to Canada and then getting to the U.S. is harder. So we redid the permits for an American passport.
0: And with the COVID and the, everything's been delayed. Good for you, Brian Martin. So anyway, That's awesome. we'll finally get that bugger. Well, back. we hope you have an amazing trip and you're but safe. I, I talk about it like I've kind of been there a few times, and it's not a big deal. But <laughs>
1: for a lot of people, it is a big deal. Yeah, it is. Right.
0: You know, for like for like myself going over the first time next year, um, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be anxious for it, but I won't be anxious when I'm doing it. I, I you know, and and you're coming with, so that'll that'll help a lot. Which I've went back and forth with. Good entertainment. But with Jonathan, I mean, you're going to hunt with Jonathan, and then um, and you're going to be around where. Because, like, when we go, how far will that be from where you're hunting now? Hmm. Same general area. Same general area. And same. And, and same. We same shoot partners, most of our Marco Polo within about 50 miles. Same partners, different guides.
1: Uh, should be the same guides, too. Oh, really? Perfect. Yeah, we have a really good guide team. Each team consists of two, two, two guides one driver and the owner or um, one of the managers, so each each hunter has three to four people with them. So if there's a, if we have three hunters in camp, one hunter uh, will have his own guide team, and the other two hunters will share a guide team. We just run so two we'll, guide teams.
0: So we'll just hunt in the same area. Yeah, you got hunt
1: together. Let's say if we decide to have three guys go, you and Jonathan can hunt together the whole time and take you know
0: take turns shooting. Yeah, but so Jonathan pro- will probably hunt together, and then Brad and I will hunt together. And then Brad and Jonathan will have to go back and suck tea, and then I'll go get an Ibex. Yeah, like w- that. Like that. What do you think?
1: Yeah, it's, it could happen like that. Probably
0: somebody's going to miss. Probably I'll be the ones back sucking tea because of the altitude, and I'm physically, you know, bigger.
2: Well, that sounds like quite an adventure. What's your favorite month to hunt in Tajikistan?
1: Uh, the, my favorite month to hunt any mountains is generally October. Because it's transitional between summer and fall. Is that when we're going?
0: Is When's it, the best what? month?
1: Here's not a best month. It depends. Like for well, people the who best like would be cold. your
0: favorite, wouldn't it?
1: Uh, the best. I just like that because it's a good hybrid. Because everything is good in North America in October usually or November. But so if you like the snow, now is great. Well, I'm trying to think. And if of you're
0: 22, not, are you going?
2: But if twenty two is like a long, it's twenty one now, isn't it? I was gonna say Jeez, what he means.
1: Max, but the thing about January Next. and February doesn't conflict with many hunts other than mountain lion hunting. What else is going
0: on in January, or February? Yeah, trade I, shows. You know what? Maybe I. Normally we'd be can at trade shows. Call. Normally I grew I, up in Iowa. The Alberta Clipper came across here with a damp, wet, cold that cuts you in half.
1: Well, this is not a good time for me really to go because I'm missing out calling hunters and following up with stuff. But yeah, you know, it's, it's the first Asian hunt. I, I didn't guide anything this last year because of COVID.
0: Right, so that was all screwed up. Yeah. Well, the good news is you'll get over there and knock the stink out of it. I really want to see a bunch of pictures of this Uriel. You got to WhatsApp me him right away because uh, I'm the Uriel, I'm, now, I'm really interested in the Uriel. They're very colorful, and the Uriel's is not there they're about thirty, thirty-five, thirty-eight
1: thousand. So it's not cheap. A little more expensive than a Kyrgyzstan polo, but cheaper than a Tajikistan
2: uh, well, polo. Wow, it looks like it's got a big chap, especially it do. would be huge in the winter, right? They do now. have a big
1: chap. They have a big brisket chap. chap. Not like an oddad, but different. Not like long and dangly like a horsehair, mm-hmm. but they're they're definitely more heavy. Yeah, so than for I a did. markhor,
0: this guy's going to kill for the price of one. He's going to kill in three animals.
1: Yeah, three animals cheaper than a marker by far. You know, you get three animals for let's say hundred grand. Uh, a marker is one hundred and fifty.
0: And a high altai ag- uh, argali is uh, one forty. One twenty
1: to one fifty. One twenty to one fifty.
0: Yeah, the one twenty areas are not as big.
1: You know, it's just like a guy who has bigger stone sheep; he charges more money
0: so yeah it's all all the
2: way it works what's cool super cool you know what be safe
0: we can't wait to have you back so here's just a quick reminder subscribe to hunt the world wherever you get your podcasts you'll find us on itunes spotify google play and many others is that okay did i say that right there also leave us an honest rating and review what versus a dishonest one why do i say that
2: well you're not going to find us on parlor are you because the big tech giants have so a dishonest review them. would say you guys
1: are politically correct and you probably voted for biden right that would be a dishonest review so
0: so bleep why do you have that in there don't make it up. oh don't make it up Yeah. Well, well. don't just say oh we love you for the sake of it yeah we really like you Maybe well i don't I would rather have them say "I love you" for the sake of saying "I love you" and being polite than, than some big jack wagon. So
2: leave us an honest review unless
0: it's mean, and then don't. Yeah, leave us an honest review. I was just like that. that well, don't that be me, hurtful. That hit me don't this time. Why did I? Th- I always
1: love those reviews on my website and, and stuff. And when I hope, I hope you the animal you know kill you know you get eaten by the animal you're eating. I mean, you're you're trying to kill.
0: Leave us an honest review. And hey. If you're Jim Bonano and you hear this, go ahead and give me a text right now, because you killed a 212-inch mule deer last week, and uh, I really like the picture. So uh, I've incorporated. You know, Where did he get I- that at? He got it in Mexico. Mexico. Yeah. Giant, heavy mass. And he said, I just talked to him yesterday, and he said that the outfitter kept going, don't shoot that one. No, bigger, bigger, much bigger. Well, um, we see big one and uh and then he's like shoot that one <laughs> so um it was a great buck but anyway that's giant any, so, in
1: any state in any province in any uh... so
0: yeah so jim banano leave us a great review okay anyway tell us what you're thinking hey give us some ideas we'd love to air some of your ideas we really uh do next week uh we're gonna have an amazing one so but you know what it's fun because it's fun to see which ones have got the best reviews. And if you're listening to this for time, go back and listen to the Brad Dana. I passed the 393 elk because I thought it was little, and I shot it later that day. you got to hear that one. Um, that's I, really I, good I, one. I
2: was surprised by Jim's buck, too. I didn't think it was near as big as it was. I so. know. you. You. you I, I, I underestimate stuff, I guess. Yeah.
1: It, that's a good of a guiding point of view, as long as you don't let the big ones get away. That's right. Because some of the guys get just too excited and everything. there's super ground shrinkage, right? I not, love
0: it when there's no ground shrinkage. Not that guy. Not that guy. So listen, thanks for tuning in had, today. We greatly appreciate you. Be safe. Be safe. Be, be safe. safe. Stay healthy. And thanks for Peace listening.